0: Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life with the advisors from Foster and
1: Motley. In this podcast, they share their mission to help individuals, couples, and families achieve the life they envision by providing a comprehensive wealth management experience. Join this seasoned team of experts as they explore actionable steps to improve your
0: financial well being and answer your most pressing questions. Financial planning needs financial planners and we have met a number of credentialed planners in this Foster & Motley podcast. In our last episode, we focused on investment managers and their role crafting a financial roadmap. Now it's time to let the financial planners in the firm shine. And with us are two gentlemen who've been on the podcast before, Dave Neenaber and Tony Luckhart, and both are financial planners. I'm Patrice Sikora. And guys, I'm glad to have you here to talk about what you do versus your investment manager colleagues. The phrase, financial planning, seems pretty basic, but Dave, what is it, and why is it important to understand what it is?
2: Well, Patrice, thanks for having us back. I agree, it seems simple. And when I saw the the title of this uh, podcast, I thought, how are we gonna talk about this? I mean, it seems so cut and dry. What What is there to talk about? And I thought about it a little bit, and I, it made me uh, remember a time when I introduced myself to someone. They asked what I did, and we're making small talk, and I said, I'm a financial planner. And the conversation ended right there. This <laughs> gentleman looked at me and said, I don't need any more life insurance, and he walked away. And I thought, wow, clearly he thinks of financial planning as something different than I think of financial planning. So, in preparing for this podcast, I, I turned the question to my kids. I figured, you know, they hear about dad's work and have some perception of what is financial planning. Uh, and their answers were okay. Uh, my one son said that I help people pay their bills. And okay, that's a, a component of financial planning. And my daughter, Ella, says that I help people with a long term money plan. And I thought, Ooh, okay, we're, we're getting a little good. better, but it just made me reflect that financial planning means something different. Uh, not just to every individual but at every different firm so i thought for today's podcast it would be helpful for tony and i to just talk through what is financial playing at foster and motley uh, and give our listeners a better idea of what that experience is all about or
1: right. well, at least the kids didn't say you play golf all day <laughs> <laughs> do you no, that's not part of the culture here at Foster
2: at Miley, <laughs> occasionally. Right.
1: My kids just think I've got three monitors and I just move stuff around there. So that's that's but my that's kid's hel- answer. But that's helping people, right? <laughs> that's helping people. All right. So really, what does a financial planner do? Well, you know, financial planning, I think, is for everyone in some form or fashion, because at uh, all ages, at all wealth level, people need to think about their future self. And how that impacts their present self and how it impacts their future self and kind of plan for all those things. So whether it's you know, your first job and setting up a spending plan and making 401k decisions, I said spending plan and not budget. I don't like budgeting. I like the spending plan. You figure out what you need to save. And then that way you can figure out what you can spend. It sounds better, and it is better. but positive, more positive uh, spin on it. Or whether you're approaching retirement and you know making sure you have enough to save. Those are all that you need. Financial planning in one form or fashion to kind of help all those pieces. And and frankly, life is busy. You know, we spend more hours at work typically than we do at home. Maybe COVID. Uh, through through that a loop for a loop a little bit with uh, more people working from home, but still spending more hours of your day doing work items than you do kind of spending time with your family during the week. And then you run into kids' sports things and household chores, and it's really difficult to carve off enough time to think about your personal finances and say, okay, well, this is where I'm at now. How do I take care of my present self and and look at my future self, and you know, by not spending time doing those things, not carving off that t- that time, you know, inaction's a decision. You know, you don't want to wake up sixty years old and being ready for retirement and realizing that you're not in a good spot.
2: Right. It's funny you say that, Tony, because I had a client that recently came to that realization. Uh, we had been talking to them for a year or two and just trying to go at their pace, and they knew it was going to require some time on their part to invest in the. Relationship and as much as we like to take off our clients' plates, we we need active and involved clients to help them. And uh, she came to that same realization that inaction is a decision and there's consequences to that decision, just like making uh, any other decision. So I agree with your point there.
0: Well, now we always say, you know, okay, the best time to start saving is not yesterday, it's actually now. Even you got to look forward. Is it ever too late to start with a financial planner?
2: No, um, I mean now is better than uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay.
2: So you know, we see folks at all different life stages. I think typically five to ten years prior to retirement to have some sort of a glide path is the most common but there's overachievers out there, a couple in their 30s that has resources and a family and wants to plan for the future. And there are some folks where it takes them a while to come around to it. They may have worked with the financial planner in the past and the experience wasn't exactly what they thought and they tried it on their own and they boomerang back to a firm like Foster and Motley. So it's never too late, but it's always better to start early. And that goes
1: for financial planning, just like it goes for investing.
0: And where do you start?
1: We start by carving off some time to focus on on those things you know so carving off that time and sitting down talking about who you are where your what your goals are and doing that as a as a couple you know oftentimes the only time spouses sit down and talk about these things because they're chasing kids and doing all the other things that they're doing they don't have a lot of time to to allocate to sit down and talk to each other about where you are where you want to go so starting with what your goals are is really one of the most one of the biggest benefits of of financial planning and there's we all have limited resources there's a million uses for those limited resources you know how do we allocate those resources is part of defining your goals and being able to move in the direction that that you want to move as opposed to waking up 20 years from now and saying ah if I only would have done this 20 years ago, it would have been meaningful. So starting with your goals, starting with what you want to do and where you want to go.
0: I like the idea that there are hundreds of uses for every dollar too. Tell me a little bit more about focusing on that.
1: Yeah. I had a, I had a prospect I talked to recently, a husband and wife, they're making really good and they really didn't have a lot of focus what they wanted to do with that money. They had Buying rental properties, and they buying a new boat, buying a vacation home, and got some money in Bitcoin. They've got three four hundred one ks in different places, and they just didn't have a strategy. So having having an idea of what your goals are, and, and allocating those resources in meaningful ways to help accomplish those goals, as opposed to kind of taking a shotgun approach and and you know, hoping something sticks
0: yeah I like that they've got they they had the goals, perhaps, but they didn't have a strategy to get there. That's really key. That's very different, very important. Do you guys do your own planning?
2: to some degree, a financial planner can do some of their own tax prep work and or tax planning work, get their estate documents in place. Uh, I found with my wife Maureen that. Uh, Having an independent third party still has value for that spousal communication that Tony Mm -hmm. talked about. Without a financial planner, Maureen and I never would have sat down and said, okay, what are goals for the kids? Okay, they're going to, we're going to save for college, but which college? And have some of those difficult conversations, uh, have some space to be able to disagree and think through it and set up a, a savings plan that works to accomplish that goal. So there's, Having that space to be vulnerable, to have someone guide you through the process, someone that's independent and objective, and it's fine to disagree, it's just coming up with that middle ground and how you're going to create a financial plan around it.
0: I'm hearing, feeling more confident.
2: Yeah. I mean, long-term, it's kind of peace of mind is what you're after, that you're doing everything as efficiently as you can. Everything's working together. Truth be told, so many of the things we do, you could find on Google, you know, do you want to, Patrice, do you want to do a Roth IRA this year? Google will tell you how much you can do and what your income limit is. And But then you need to carry through the details you need to open the account and you need to fund it and you need to invest it. And I think when you add up all of those roadblocks, that tends to prevent people from taking that kind of action. So it's how does everything work together and having the support to take care
1: of the details?
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely,
1: and knowing and- what to knowing what to what to trust too. I mean, I can Google something, uh, but that doesn't necessarily it applies mean that it applies to me directly. I've got uh, we've got some neighbors that are having their roofs redone, and you know they the roofer puts a a card in my door, and I call him up, and you know, he gives me a quote and tells me I need a new roof. But do I? I, I don't know. Um, you know, having a trusted partner that knows your situation inside and out. Is part of what we do, you know, knowing that they can come to us with questions or they read something in the Wall Street Journal or whatever it may be, but knowing they're making decisions with confidence that someone understands their situation and helps them helps them at least give them options so they can make eyes wide open decisions that are best for them.
0: And too much information can really be a problem.
1: Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. And I
2: think it's probably the number one reason people just don't do anything. They're just paralyzed by all the information. And to Tony's point, not knowing really who to believe. And too often, the people that speak the loudest loudest are probably those that you you shouldn't listen to. Your neighbor that made a bunch of money on Bitcoin or whatever it may be. It's just not that simple.
0: Your (laughs) brother-in-law. Yeah, After
2: a beer or two at
1: Thanksgiving. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to that. It can get dangerous quick.
0: (laughs) All right. Now, you mentioned um, inaction is a decision in itself. How about making someone accountable for actually following through on decisions that they've made for their retirement, for their planning?
2: Yeah, I think it's a key part of what we do as financial planners, and I think it involves breaking down complex things into easy to understand next steps. Uh, So when Tony and I meet with someone, we engage in financial planning, we start with the basics of net worth and cash flow, and we can graduate into more of the complex areas around um, estate planning, tax planning. We always do meeting notes uh, to capture what was the agenda, what did we talk about, and what are next steps? And I find that really key from the accountability standpoint that we leave no opportunity for uh, shades of gray. It's just here's what's in Tony's court, here's what's in Dave's court, the client's going to follow up on these items. And I do think it creates a great structure for progress. You're not gonna accomplish everything in a meeting or two, but it's really fun to look back over a period of time, over two, three, four years, and just see where clients have come from one step at a time and knowing that they're doing it as efficiently as possible with professional guidance.
0: Now, you've said you start with goals, but tell me some more about your process.
2: Yeah, so it it all starts with goals. There's no one-size-fits-all financial plan. We need to make sure we're listening to our clients first to understand what they're trying to accomplish. Really, the foundation, and Tony, jump in on this. I see the foundation of financial planning as a net worth and a cash flow, and we all have one. We may not want to always look at them, uh, but a net worth is simply what do you own and what do you owe? So you need that as a foundational piece to know what kind of resources are we working with. And then we all have a cash flow statement. Dollars come in, whether it's through investments or working, and each dollar goes to one of three places. You save it, you pay tax, or you spend it. And so I've yet to meet a client that says, you know, Here's what I spend on annual basis. And it's actually accurate. Um, We it's a tough question for everyone because you have all these different components and uh, in a case of a couple, there's different spending patterns. So we really have to figure out those two foundational pieces combined with goals before we can really get going on financial planning.
1: And having those documents is, is valuable, so you you can reference them. They're living, breathing documents. You know, a net worth statement is a, a snapshot in time. I start doing a personal net worth statement when I was studying for my CFP classes many, many moons ago, and you know, my wife and I bought a a new Ford uh, Escape, and you know, we put it on the net worth statement, and then we fast forward that, you know, a year from from then and. Updated the the value of that that Ford Escape and you know it lost eight, ten thousand dollars within a one year time. So, you know, for my wife to see that on the net worth statement and how you know having an impact on things changed things, it it's valuable kind of that net worth statement's kind of all your poker chips on the table and how you how you want to use them and how they all add up.
2: And I think it's fun to look back at those too. Uh, oftentimes in a meeting, I'll pull up a net worth from five years ago and pull up the notes. And hey, these are the things we were talking about. And this was your circumstance. And five years later, here's where you're at. There's a a lot of accomplishment that's felt through that exercise.
0: Do you find that people come in with a lot of accounts they really have not been keeping track of what they have and where it is?
1: Yeah, that's part and parcel to pulling those those meeting that those net worth statements out from you know five years ago. The Number of counts that people had does have doesn't equal diversification, um, you know. So consolidating those accounts onto you know a single kind of page where you can track it, you can manage it, you can measure it. You know is all part of not having you know three 401k accounts from old employers and not knowing how those investments all work together and all of those things by consolidating those accounts and, and making it measurable, making it something that is very manageable is, is hugely important.
0: And again, that's a would seem to me to give some kind of confidence too to the client as well as satisfaction to you to see everything you know neatly in a place. they can turn around and say that is neatly in a place and now I know where all my money is.
2: Yeah. And you see these forms to consolidate accounts. and I know why people get overwhelmed. It's 10 pages, 20 bullet points about the tax risk of consolidating of which maybe none even apply. And so when I read through the forms, I do understand why people accumulate accounts. You want to make sure you're not going to be paying any tax on the transfer and that your securities aren't going to get liquidated. And there are some complex issues to figure out as part of that consolidation process.
0: Tony, you mentioned the fact that you really don't like the word budgeting. Why? Yeah. I
1: mean, budgeting has such a negative connotation to it. It's you know, trying to figure out what you spend in all these different categories. And that's hard for people to do. It's an important exercise to kind of go through. But, you know, I like to think about a spending plan or, um, Number one, kind of saving first and spending second. So part of the thing that we, part of the benefit that we bring as financial planners and knowing their total situation and their goals and what they need to accomplish those goals is now we help them decide how much to put in their four hundred one k account, how much they need to save in their their kids' college five twenty nine plans, and you know whether they do a, a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA and. You know, kind of checking all those buckets and then automating that so that it happens on a regular basis, similar to your 401k account, creates that good behavior. There's less friction with that saving. So, you know, if you're saving first and you know that what you're saving is allowing you to accomplish the goals that you've stated, it gives you the confidence to kind of spend what's left over. And yeah, that's that that spending plan giving you the confidence that we've got clients that come and say, "Well, I want to you know be able to retire at this age." And how do you know whether you're gonna what you're doing get you in that right direction? So you know, having us work through a plan that helps them gives them the confidence that they're doing the things that they need to do to get where they want to go. Gives them also the confidence to spend kind of what's left over.
0: How about investments?
2: Well, certainly that's an important component of the wealth management experience. And we're uh, fortunate to have a really robust investment management team here at Foster and Motley. The investments have to be coordinated with the plan. It's really a combination of finding that right asset allocation, how much stocks and how much bonds are you going to have to meet your goals? And that sounds like a pretty simple concept of where investments and planning intersect at that Asset allocation question, uh, but it is a little more nuanced. Obviously, different clients have different risk tolerance for the amount of uh, volatility they're willing to accept and to watch their portfolio go up and down. And clients have just different uh, success levels in their financial plan. You know, someone that's home free they can have whatever asset allocation they want. Whereas someone that's really just trying to get to that retirement goal and it's going to be tight, they may need a, a specific asset allocation. So we help have that conversation with clients, help them understand the trade-offs that, sure, if you take less risk, it means there's less at the end. Uh, and to Tony's earlier point, help them make a eyes wide open decision because so many times there's not a clear cut way on how the investments get integrated with the financial plan.
0: Tony? Anything
1: else? Yeah, I think I think that, that about hits the nail on the head. That the the intersection and, and helping determine the asset allocation and then having the investment manager implement that piece of the piece of the plan is is important as well. And you know, that is what we bring to the table as well as far as financial planners is is that implementation piece as Dave was talking about before, it's no wonder why people have three, four, one K accounts in different places from old old providers, because to consolidate those things, it takes time and energy and we're working, we're chasing kids. It's hard to devote that time and energy. And that's one of the things that we bring to the table as far as financial planners is, we do this all day, every day. So we've got resources to help fill out the paperwork. We help have resources to get accounts established. to implement all those details in the plan to make sure those things get done, and as part of the plan and part of what we do with the meeting notes is we've got actionable items to make sure we're all staying accountable. So you know we've got people can do this themselves. It's as we've talked about, it's not rocket science all the time. We've got smart people that are clients as well. We've got CPAs, we've got attorneys, we've got doctors, you know that are super highly intelligent in their specific fields, but need someone to help them get all the other pieces together and make sure things are efficient, organized, moving in the right direction so they do accomplish their goals.
0: Dave, you mentioned earlier um, when we were talking about what a financial planner is that some guy thought, oh, I don't need any more insurance, and he walked away. What do you guys do with insurance?
2: Well, insurance is a really important part of a financial plan. Uh, it's preparing for the unexpected, whether that's life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care. You know, we like to come at it from the approach of what is the risk and how do we mitigate that risk, uh, which is much different than being sold a product, right? So uh, oftentimes, and what Tony and our entire financial planning team do is we start with simple first. If simple accomplishes the goal, then let's go for it. If a twenty-year term policy accomplishes your life insurance needs, we don't need to make it any more complex. Um, so, I think what we do as planners is help clients make smart purchasing decisions so they get the most bang for their the dollars they spend on insurance.
1: And that foundational piece, I mean, insurance is the foundation that everything else is built upon. So, you know, you could. You could be a great saver and be doing a great job of accomplishing your retirement goal but you know you have a disability event and you're not able to work and all the all your money now gets all the money you've saved now gets allocated towards you know paying the paying the, the mortgage and the insurance and all those other things and so having that foundational piece in place the insurance piece in place having a Having a solid foundation to build everything else on it is, is hugely important and not can't be overlooked.
0: If you find that a client of yours has need of some other type of professional, can you put them in touch with them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's a key part of what we do because uh, we don't have all the answers uh, when it comes to someone that's pre-65 and needs to purchase health insurance on the exchange in North Carolina. Uh, that's just not experience that Tony and I bring to the table, but we have resources and we can refer them to folks that can help. Uh, when it comes to mom and dad needing some care and choosing the right uh, place for them to receive that care and get an in-home assessment, again, we don't have that expertise, but we, we work with families that have those issues. And through the years, we've just developed a network for a lot of different needs. And we're happy to refer out to uh, professionals that do that work good and at a reasonable cost.
0: All right. What if someone is listening to this and they say, you know, really, it is time, but I have no idea where to start? What should they do before they call you?
1: Well, you know, whether they want to call us or try to do it themselves, you know, if you're going to try to do it yourself, you know, the, the key main documents that that are hugely important in helping make decisions are a net worth statement. And a cash flow projection. You know what do you have coming in? What do you have going out? Um, so, if you want to try to bite off that yourself, certainly that is, those are two great documents that you could utilize to help manage your your financials. Um, and that's what we help with. You know, we help put those documents together. We help review those documents. Those documents help make educated you know decisions. So certainly you can quarterback all the pieces yourself. Um, but like we talked about before, time, energy, focusing on the kids, the, your work, all the things.
0: And honesty too, face it. How many people are going to be honest on their liabilities?
1: <laughs> That's true. You have to account for all the expenses, even the ones that you don't want to account for right. um, to make sure that you're, you're being honest with yourself and, and have accurate information. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And you've got to let the past go. Uh, so often our first meeting is folks saying, oh, I could have made some better decisions. We you know, could have talk to the kids about affordability of different schools and we didn't and we're kind of paying the cost now every one of us whether it's the cpas we work with Mm -hmm. the estate attorney we all have those things we could have done better and so i think the first step before starting a financial plan is just acknowledging that's in the past and you're just going to make tomorrow better and uh don't dwell on that too much because that really starts to contribute to that inaction cycle. That can be a powerful force.
0: All right. And Foster and Motley, as you say, you you want a fit, but if somebody doesn't fit with you, where do they go? I mean, can you help them there?
2: Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we work with a select number of clients and we're clearly not the right choice for everyone. Um, The one non-negotiable that we think of in financial planning is finding a fiduciary, Uh, finding someone that you have a transparent relationship, that you know what you pay them and what you're going to get in return. That seems so simple. You would think, how could you ever not be a fiduciary? But it's common in the industry. So uh, there's a couple of great networks out there. The XY Planning Network uh, is a group of folks that do fee-only planning, accept the fiduciary responsibility. Uh, There's also the Garrett Planning Network that has a, a collection of financial planners that charge on an hourly basis, more like an attorney kind of model. So there's other resources out there. It's going to take some time to find the right fit, but I think the return on that investment of finding that
1: right fit is hugely important.
0: Tony, did you want to add something?
1: No, just to kind of wrap it up, you know, the best time to to start saving is yesterday, but as we talked about before, the second best time is is today. So, you know, let that compounding work, get a financial plan in place, uh whether you do that yourself or or reach out to someone for for help. Um right. And they and, can and, and find can- that information on our website at uh, fosteramotley.com and, and contact us from there. All right, great.
0: Now, Uh, Gentlemen, last time I asked Ryan English, who is an investment advisor at Foster & Motley, which job was sexier, investment manager or financial planner? He said, no question, hands down, investment manager. I'm giving you the chance to rebut that. Silence here.
2: Well, I mean, come on. (laughs) In July of 2021, that's an easy answer. I mean, the investment managers of... the clients love them. They've been making a lot of money over the last year. I think you ask in March of 2020, you probably get a different answer. That I, uh, the financial planner, is the uh, clearly the hero of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more.
0: All right. Very good. That's Dave and Tony. Thank you so much for your insights and explanations of the role of a financial planner and being very honest about who is sexier. For more timely information, make sure you subscribe to Foster & Motley's podcast about life and wealth. Share, of course, comment, follow. Let us know questions you may have. I'm Patrice Sacora, and let's talk again later.
1: Thank you for listening to Foster & Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.
0: The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content, including mention of specific investments or planning techniques, is for informational and for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a recommendation or a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.